0: So, cool. New York uh, Dolls. Yeah, New York Dolls. How is how is everyone feeling? How was the week? The two weeks of listening experience for you guys?
1: Good. This. I'll be honest. I think I've been listening to stuff for months. I'm I'm a bad judge. Let's just say I've been really enjoying like like the New York Dolls and that like proto punk scene that spun off of them for a little while now. So, this one, this one was a little bit of a cheater for me, I realized. Okay. Um that's
2: true for everyone on their pick week.
1: Probably. Um, yeah, you're right.
2: I actually... Obviously, like, I enjoyed it, like, generally, but I got... I realized today I was listening to it with... Because a lot of my listening, by, like, necessity is that I throw it on like when I'm cooking dinner or I'm doing something else because I just don't yeah. have a lot of time to sit around and listen uninterrupted. Sure. So there's, there was like plenty of listen was doing other things and it was just like, it was good, it was good like background music but I was listening to it today and I had the speaker like real close to my ear and I was—I realized that there's actually like a lot more nuance to it than I thought. So I was actually really pleasantly surprised listening to it for the you know fifth or sixth time today. Yeah. Because I was picking up on all these little things that I just hadn't been close enough to catch before. It was nice.
0: Yeah. Nice. It it was it was an interesting experience for me because like right after, right after we ended the last episode and Ryan was like, "Okay, New York Dolls," like I got—I listened to it a couple times. Probably the next day, I listened to the record the whole way through. Also, like doing other stuff, probably in the car, I don't know, working outside or whatever. And I, listening to it in like headphones or through my like tinny, shitty, like iPhone speakers, I was okay, this is cool. It just feels like a run of the mill, like glam rock. Record And then I went for a longer drive with just me, with no screaming kids and other, like specific things that I need to get done in a specific amount of time. And so I was able to turn the volume up. And I put on Personality Crisis, the first song. And boy, does that song and does this record just come in fucking hot right the fuck away it's just right in your fucking face balls of the wall singing like the piano the guitar like just all coming right at you and it just sounded a lot better it just sounded a lot better and then just made me realize okay this is something that kind of has a space that I, i need to give it a little bit more attention
1: yeah, I really like the way that Personality Crisis starts, because it's just this kind of crescendo of madness, like, from go. Like, it starts really loud, but by the, by the time David and gets to his, like, no, no, no's, he is
0: just, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's funny, because, like, yeah. it has the, like, the arrangement of, it's, like, weird to say, but, like, 70s, like, Bruce Springsteen, a little bit. With, like, like guitar, piano, piano, horns, like, right up in your face, like, playing, like, really passionate and loud. But it's, like, a much scuzzier version, you know?
1: (laughs) I think, like, I think of the arrangement as, it's like a poutier Rolling Stones, right? Like, it's very, like, sassy Rolling Stones, like, classic Rolling Stones. Um, Mick Jagger like,
0: doesn't sing like this. That's the other thing. He yeah, doesn't go to yeah, that yeah. crazy place that it's Johansson like
1: does. Broken throated like growl that Johansson has is it's great for glam rock. Like it, re- it
0: really gives it this like hardcore
1: punch. It's so much fun.
0: Who was singing like this back then? Who was so, singing like um, this intensely? Like maybe what Iggy Pop? Who else was singing yeah, like I was that? Gonna
1: say, like, Wayne, Wayne Kramer? Right? Yeah, like, Wayne Kramer, like,
0: totally. MC5. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is very Wayne Kramer.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I like Screaming Jay Hawkins. Uh, <laughs> and, right. There's, it's, it's a small group. Whereas it's a relatively common feature now, in 1973, this is a very exclusive group of growlers.
0: Yeah, even, I, like, I was, like, just to compare, like, I was actually listening a lot to in the last couple of weeks also to the Sabbath bloody Sabbath because of the cardigans cover i was like wait i should probably re-listen to the record and even ozzy's vocals like he's singing he's singing hard like he's belting them out but yeah. they're a lot cleaner it's like double tracked and like yeah. real smooth yeah. like they have like top of the line and it and this interestingly todd Rundgren as the producer his voice sounds real rough around the edges, and I love that man. Like, he has a very distinctive voice, and I really dig it because it is, I, like, I feel like it's the nexus of a lot of different influences, right? It's like the Stones and like kind of that boozy bar rock, blues influence rock. But then, like, their image is definitely out of the Ziggy Stardust playbook right they definitely get their image and and,
1: it's even like elevated above that for sure it's a drag show right like it like that album cover is a drag show it's amazing their
0: boots are huge that album cover uh, right
1: there incredible and you look at footage of them and they are in like thigh high leather boots oh yeah yeah they're
0: having a blast and so it's okay the the boozy bar rock of the stones but and then the look of the look of let's say the Bowie and the other like glam stuff going on, and then the voice of Scream Jay Hawkins or like, something else, something that's not there or that's just or it's very rare.
1: It's, it's, it exists somewhere on the Tom Waits timeline too, and they, like David Johansen as he goes through his solo career becomes a lot more Tom Waitsy, but yeah, it's hard to put a finger on like. So, uh, I was glancing over your list, uh, both of your lists, uh, or like before the show mm-hmm. and you guys both had, did you both have Frankenstein on there? I know yes. Alonzo did. Yeah.
0: yeah we my, both had Frankenstein on
2: there. my favorite on the album. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So
1: I was listening to that and it finally, like his voice finally clicked in terms of like influence, like unexpected influence. And that's. Gibby Haynes of the Butthole Surfers. <laughs> uh, wow. I, in the after show, I've got—I found the song. It's off of, which one is it? Independent, what's it called? Independent Tapeworm Saloon or something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I've got it in the after show, but like, he has this like warble that's... Wah, wah, it, it, it's a little like... I'm trying to think of... It's some, It's almost like Jello Biafra dialed way down. Yeah,
0: Jello Biafra is like a kind of Bugs Bunny version of this sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Gibby Haynes is somewhere in between this and Jello Biafra in <laughs> the top of the track. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun in the afternoon. It's, a, it's a about Frankenstein. It's I was so getting, nasty. I was getting some real vibes of, <laughs> of the artist... <laughs> Of the, of the artist that we cannot discuss. The artist we cannot discuss has a song called Little Wig. And there were two songs, in fact, that I thought, man, this is really giving me those little wig vibes. Yeah. Like this song and uh, Jet Set Boy. Or Jet yeah. Boy, yeah, Jet Boy. Yeah. That, 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 the. Just how epic it is, how it shifts in dynamic, and then also, like.
1: It's unpolished.
0: In yeah, light. it's it's real, It's rough. It's rough around the edges. And I think also the like the thing for me with that, like also the some of the harmonies in Jet Boy, is a little bit weirdly distorted harmonies in, in Little Wig, and and yeah, it I, clicked for me. that I start realizing, yeah, he's he must definitely he must definitely be a fan. And this is a missing piece of the puzzle for like his sound.
2: I, I was just gonna say that I. For whatever reason, get—I really love holiday in Cambodia, and I was getting like that kind of vibe off this. Obviously, that's much more polished, but like just the the, the sing yelling, and I don't know—it just clicked that little box for me.
0: It's funny the Dud Kennedy thing. I didn't even think to make that comparison at all, but there's definitely in the vocals. There's you're, you're absolutely right. There's definitely a lot of overlap there.
1: I don't know if it's a vibrato thing. Or if it's a like inattention to note accuracy, where he he hits he hits in between the notes, it'll be, be a little like sharp or a little flat
0: or. Oh, all right. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. <laughs> did the cat? Uh, yeah. Did the cat? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. No, Kirby's in her. Foiled
0: terrible. again. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, so
1: anyway, yeah, it, and that's. Like I say, I've spent a lot of time with the butthole surfers and it's always been hard to kind of pinpoint Gibby Haynes' like range. And I think like David Johansson's the same way and that it's it's talky but it's not on note. It like plays around with its approach to the notes. And it again, I think it contributes to that like raw and polished nature. I, and I haven't listened to later career New York Dolls. I don't know what they really turn into.
0: So I started listening to the second album, and what interested me about the second album is that it was, like, produced by a producer that did production for Motown and, like, the Shangri-Las and stuff like that. And I was like, huh, I wonder what it would sound like and I just, I think the thing was, is that the songs were not as, for me, not as memorable as the songs on here. And I feel like that happens sometimes with bands, especially bands that are like great live bands, right? When you're a great live band and you're, you start building like an audience live, right? Like you probably have one great set list. Yeah, and you're going to play the fuck out of that set list and so you probably have 10 or 11 really good songs and then like when so then of course if you get a recording contract you're going to record those songs but then the second album it's fuck now we got to write new ones and maybe we can't like put them take them on the road the way we like typically do or whatever so maybe I don't know if that's exactly what happened there but like that's what I felt
1: and I can that makes a lot of sense to me like you thought there's this saying that I don't know, I've heard repeated too many times to be able to credit where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And it's, you have a lifetime to make your first album, you have two years to make your second album. Especially when you're a big, like when you become a big thing, right? And the Dolls were never huge. If you think about other bands that like, tour on a national level, these guys are playing like nasty New York kind of divey, you know clubs they, they, and they, they were can, they can play for three years and never put out an album, and then you put out an album and it's all these well polished, kind of your sound tracks. But unless you've written like 25 tracks and they're all good enough to put on album two, your second album you've got a year where you're writing and shopping, and you know, then you're recording, and then it's just a very different approach.
0: So let me get, try to paint a picture for the audience a little bit on New York, 1973. I wasn't alive. Was eight years before I was alive and, let's see here, 13 years before I, 12 years before I was there. Yeah. But I've watched I fuck a fuckload of yep. movies set in New York from back then. <laughs> so just think, think SCSI Times Square, think porno theaters. Yeah, Go-watch taxi driver. Go-watch taxi right. driver, exactly. Just think this is like also think like the South Bronx is like collapsing, bombed out buildings, like jobs gone, white flight. All think of all that stuff. That that's what was happening. And yeah, they grew and they were, I think from what I was reading, the members were not really from Manhattan. They were from like outer boroughs. Bur- Got together, put on this band, and, and grew this following in New York around that time. In just unimaginably, like, scuzzy situation. Dirt poor. Also hopped up on all kinds of drugs. Um, sure. And I mean,
1: heroin was a readily available thing. Yeah, yeah. With the the D.D. Ramone and the drummer Jerry Nolan, I think. Wrote this great song Called Chinese Rocks I don't know if you guys Maybe you've heard The Ramones version of it I heard the Again I Back heard... to the actor show It's like Richard Hell And the Voidoids I think that did it Or no Johnny Thunder Again One of the Ch- members
0: One, of, one the members of the members Of the Dolls the, 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 One of the guitars. Yeah.
1: yeah These guys spun into A lot of great things But Yeah, but, yeah There's just some really Kind of grimy Like rundown, Slummy hotel Vibe That comes from all the really good music out of New York at
0: this time. I I have a question for you guys. Do you guys feel like the recording, the album, captures, like, the spirit of their live performances? Like, I've I've watched some of their live stuff on YouTube. Do you feel like the recording, like, does the live performances justice?
2: I haven't watched the live performance, so I feel unqualified to Mm -hmm. have an opinion. Except for that I also feel like, just looking at the album cover... That I think that it, I think I get the vibe from this, but I'm sure, like, seeing that in person, I don't think there's a substitute for that, is there?
0: Probably not. I Probably know,
2: not. people who also haven't seen that in person. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: David yeah. Johansson, David Johansson's not alive. No, or, David I'm sorry. David
1: Johansson is not I, I meant, alive.
0: I'm so, I meant to say, is alive. But everyone else, is Sylvain still alive?
1: No, Sylvain died January 13th of this year. Damn.
0: R.I.P. Yeah, wow. So he really is... Did Johansson's really the last person alive. The last member, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
1: so that was my inspiration on this one when we were picking it last week is that, like, the dolls are talked about as one of the seminal, like, American punk rock sounds or American rock sounds. hmm But, truth be told, before, like digging into Richard Hell, and Johnny Thunder, and te- all of that from television, mm-hmm. I really hadn't heard the Dolls at all. If I flip through this album, I've never heard anything from this album before, like, in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Not that I hadn't heard of the Dolls, but they just don't get airplayed anywhere. Like, you guys ever heard yeah. a Dolls track on like a radio station? Even a college radio station.
0: No, I think it's because That's a good thing. Yeah, you're totally right. I don't know why it is exactly, but I think it's because, if I had to guess, their sound, like, now, is probably not anything super special. Like, in other words, what I'm saying is, like, they were one of the first to do it this way. They were definitely, like, godfathers of, like, punk music. I even, honestly, I was going to posit, like, I think they how, i don't know how but they've definitely influenced like the glam like the metal bands the hair metal bands oh, i feel like sure. there's a, a, there's a, like definitely a direct connection there but like taking their music out of context i feel like people would be like oh, okay it's just another bar band like it's another balls of the wall bar band right
1: yeah it's so quintessentially like american rock and roll yeah that- you've heard this <laughs> in so many other things right. by now see like out of context it seems very run of the mill but what you have to understand is like if we're talking like the family tree of american like hard music really like these guys are the like root ball yeah you know like yeah. there's like the stooges are great like the stooges are easily like they I prefer the Stooges in terms of this time frame of rock and roll, right? Mm-hmm. Like I grew up a huge M C five fan. Mm-hmm. I became a Stooges fan as an adult. I can appreciate the dolls. But the dolls, I don't know. Man, like there's a couple of the tracks that I put on my list, one of them being like Jet Boy and I and again, back to the after show. I'm just trying to drag more people into the after party. Like I linked a rancid track because this song and Jetboy sound like what becomes like the sound that rancid is a part of, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call that like particular niche of punk music. Yeah, like the Doll sound is in it, whether or not it's. I, I can't tell you if Tim Armstrong was listening to the Dolls, but but generations later, like here it is right the butthole surfers like i said that kind of warbly vocal generations later 20 years later this is still showing up in music it's yeah it's a part of everything that you've grown up on everything you've heard on the radio but you'll never hear a doll track on the radio and it's it's
0: and it's, it's like how far away are these songs from being like rolling stone songs and you've heard every fucking rolling stone song on the radio right <laughs> like, right like these aren't that far away and in fact I feel like some of these songs are like just more emotionally intense than like some of the big like Stones hits. Oh yeah. I'm not, and this is not me not hating on the Stones. I I really like the Stones. I there's some of their songs are like so beautiful. Like I still play them, but there's a lot of their songs that are just kind of they're just a little bit played out. Like just a little bit boring, a little bit tame. So it's like when I hear Personality Crisis, which could be like on, it could be like the craziest song on Exile on Main Street. That's my take. It could be like the most like them losing their shit high, like just throwing everything they got at it song on Exile. Yeah. Um, okay, so one, one, other, one other thought I had. And, and I think, Jenny, back to the whole live question. Yeah, I've never seen these guys live. I, I did see, they I saw a video of them performing on Craig Ferguson in 2004 when they got back together. They That's, did, they performed oh perso- Personality Crisis, and, and it's great, it's great. And one of the things, like, I we talked, like, when Katie and I used to go to lots and lots of shows back in the day, you know, Katie was always, like, trying to go to these bands from, like, the 60s, 70s, that were reunited, like, whatever, for whatever tour, and... I've always been a little bit sour on that, just because it's they're like 50 or 60 years old, and you can't expect them to. I don't know. It's, it's just I feel like uh, you almost want a cover band that's young to like play those songs. So I've always been a little <laughs> bit suspicious. Right. I've always been a little bit suspicious of that. And so I put it on with that suspicion, and then I was like, and then they start playing, and Johansson goes into that scream like right, right away, and it sounds like a bat out of fucking hell, and it's yeah, and it was just like okay. And so I feel like even now, if he put together like a bunch of dudes that were young enough to carry these songs, and I'd go see him. I'd go see him. I think he's got to be what in his sixties now.
1: Like, David Johansson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's
0: <laughs> Maybe even more seventies. Fuck. Yeah, because yeah, this was seventy-three, and I think they were like in their early twenties when this came out.
1: He's seventy-one. Fuck. Okay. I was born in- January 9th of 1950, David is 70
0: So, like, I, he, even still, I think if he decided to do, like, another, like, Dolls, like, tour, I'd go out, I'd give him a shot.
1: So, this year they're, they are nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ooh. For, I think, the second time. I don't think we'll see them perform. I think David Johansson really doesn't give much of a shit about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. From I mean, NBA you three. know, to be um, fair, who gives a fuck about a goddamn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who gives a fuck about it's a goddamn wrong.
0: Grammy or whatever.
1: However, a lot of times that tends to be the way that you get to see these bands perform their songs, and yeah. we'll see that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good call. Hey, I want to talk a little more about this like connection, at least in my mind, between the dolls and the hair metal, glam metal of the 80s. Sure. What, I,
1: mean, I think the easy line to draw is... The uh, look. The look. Twisted Sister, right? Like, <laughs> right yeah. There's like a direct line between B. Snyder and the Twisted Sister and the, uh, the
0: doll. Okay, I maybe have told this story before, but like when I remember, like when I came to the states as a kid, right? And you'd see like these rock and roll bands, like the hair metal bands, on MTV or whatever, and it always confused the fuck out of me because they were like always presented as like, these are dudes that get laid and all this stuff, and they look like women. And so as a little kid, again, moving to the United States, you're not completely indoctrinated by the culture totally. You're just like, I don't understand. (laughs) These people are dressed like women. (laughs) And they're like the most, you know, masculine, getting chicks dudes. (laughs) That was always completely incongruous to me.
1: Yeah, I I think it's it's one of those things. There's a certain freedom presented in the way that they do it that is... It's, it's part of why it's so much fun to go to a drag show. Like, it just, everybody is just having a great time and yeah. high spirits and you just get swept along with it. I don't know if that's the case for the bands like Mildly Crew and Skid Row.
0: <laughs> yeah, but why? That's my question. It's like, what? Okay. No, but I'm wondering why did they listen to the dolls or was it just, was it just like Alice Cooper or was it like, what, where? What was the what was the way that was connected?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to see how intensely glam the dolls are and the bands that came right after them were not at all, but seven seven, eight years later, like glam becomes hair metal. And it's it's like it submerges for a while and then returns in a completely like hyper masculine way. As opposed to the dolls which don't feel hyper masculine at all.
0: Yes and no, like I was reading an article where, I think it's David Johansson, was basically saying, yeah, we just put the band together because we wanted to get chicks. Well, <laughs> and so, I so mean, I guess that's not what I'm talking about when I say Hypermaster. <laughs> I can
1: totally see where that would be the thing. I mean, I'm talking about, like, the cockiness of Motley Crue, right? Where, like, like it's Really about shoving their junk into a pair of spandex and getting a camera like as close <laughs> as they can to it,
0: right? Like, it's yeah, but they look okay. In you, a factory you, you, that manufactures sparks. We got to watch a Motley Crue video for sure. I think. <laughs> I, are you thinking of? Are you thinking it's not Doctor Feelgood? That's the Sparks, <laughs> like fact Sparks Factory no, video. I no, I, I don't think that's even.
1: I don't think that, that's I even think you funny. might be thinking of Poison. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was that great Motley Crue video where Tommy Lee's in the box, like, spinning. Yes, the
0: whole set is, yes, yeah, we we should watch, yeah, we should watch that. That's a good call. Yeah, that's a good call. But no, I think, no, I, like, so this was, this record was like, I think there was a lot of expectations around the record. And I think it sold 150,000 copies, which at the time, of course, your record sells 150,000 copies in 2021, you're like a superstar. Back then, that was a, a major disappointment. And they basically yeah. got one more shot to, like, make a hit record. It didn't, the, Their next record was even less of a hit, and then they got released from their record label. And I, I think a lot of people think it's because of their image that it held them back. But I don't know. I don't necessarily know that. There were so, so many other acts that were huge that, like, Bowie, I'm trying to think of some of yeah. those, like, Matta Hoople, and, like, others that had just that kind of look. Yeah, uh, you just a word for it that I've never
1: heard before, and uh, did you say Mata Hoopo?
0: Right, isn't that, that's a oh, glam, a, glam rock band, a band from the 70s.
1: Whew, don't know that one. Somehow, all, the young dude,
0: all the Young Dudes, I think is uh, one of their songs. Add it to the After Party. Okay. <laughs> All right, sorry. I, I I didn't think I was I didn't think I was digging that deep, but no, it's fine. I've it's
2: definitely heard of that band several times. I've never spent time with them, but I've heard of Mox. It's a name you don't forget. Reading, you're like who? The
0: what? <laughs> That's why I'm so sure I've never fucking heard that one. <laughs> You've heard all the young dudes. I guarantee probably, that. Probably, probably. You may <laughs> even think it's a Bowie. It's a David Bowie song.
1: I, it's again very possible apparently I didn't chase the dragon at all but, so <laughs> that's um, good
0: it's not a good thing yeah, to chase the dragon
1: yeah, yeah. so toma does this how does this resonate with you I feel like Alonzo and I've really
0: dominated this discussion so I agree I I...
2: but you almost have to because like I said like this whole like line of musical lineage is one that I've just never been. In. I don't know, like I never, it, it wasn't something I was exposed to growing up, like I didn't have this kind of stuff coming from like dad for example, I think the closest that I got to this kind of thing from him was like Van Halen, and that was probably huh. it. I think he had like maybe a KISS record or two, but like that just wasn't really like his main thing, especially in the 80s, like that I am very spotty on like the whole 80s is a decade, oddly enough. But anyway, so like I said, I can't really just riff on this musical lineage because I'm <laughs> not super familiar I with mean, any of them. I mean,
0: guess, I, I guess my question is, like, where, like, in the pantheon of, okay, like, what bands do you listen to now or what connection, what's, it, like, what's an interesting connection that you didn't see before, like, now having listened to this record
2: it definitely the very first impression i got was stones for sure Mm -hmm. i mean like rolling stones exile on main street kind of stuff with that i i forget which one but you guys know the the, there's one that really sounds exile on main streety and then with frankenstein i was like i did it the first thing i thought of was oh like holiday in cambodia like that kennedy's vocals like that's the connection i made Mm -hmm. but I've never listened to The Stooges. I've never listened to shit. I don't know any of the things that you guys just talked about. What
0: about okay? What about the Velvet Underground? What about the Banana album? Is there a lineage or is there any kind of like? You yeah, dude.
1: Because that is one of the things that they talk about in terms of available influences when the Dolls made this album. Like mm-hmm. the Velvet Underground, the MC Five, The Stooges, like Bowie. They're. Maybe a little bit of The Kinks. Like, I don't even yeah, know if The totally. Kinks were making stuff that were this hard, that no. This hard at that point. No, but
0: I definitely hear that.
2: Actually, it's funny that you bring that up because I did listen to The Kinks this afternoon as a result yeah. of this because I was like, I feel like The Kinks were doing this kind of thing at this time, and they were.
0: Yeah, but it they wasn't, were
2: like
1: seven years into their career at this point.
2: But it wasn't exactly... In the same way that the dolls were doing it. So, like, Ray Davies is a goofball. I don't think he's ever dressed in drag publicly. Maybe privately, but not publicly that I know of. Who's
1: to say?
0: Right? Lola, yeah. I, I, Lola gives us some hints.
1: That would be amazing if we found out that, that, like, Lola was, like, actually him talking about how much he loves the dolls.
0: <laughs> I think it know, came out also. before the dolls, but yeah, no, the people.
2: But the kinks. We're in a weird place because I specifically looked at the same era. I was like, alright, early 70s kinks, like I know they were doing some hard stuff, and they were, but it wasn't exactly this kind of hard stuff. It was, the kinks have always done things in a very kinks way. It's, it's it more wasn't. British.
0: It's more British, yeah. it's a little more restrained.
2: It yeah. was like, it was goofy. It was mm-hmm. like in that way that Ray Davies never takes anything quite seriously. Whereas I feel like this has, like these guys are definitely like having fun with what they're doing, but it, it's like a little more serious than the Kings will ever be. The Kings were never
1: fully serious. Huh. Yeah. You know? I, I think about, like, I think about what was happening around this time, right? So the Stooges come to an end essentially. The a few months before this album comes out, right? Like Raw Power drops like early 1974, I think February 74, and that's after a hiatus for the Stooges. But I feel like this is still early enough in American rock and roll that you can hear Motown in the like really stripped down components of this. Like the maybe it's the percussive components, maybe it's the like melody of the vocal over the like over melody of the song but there's and the coasters are one of the bands that they talk about being an influence on the dolls like that kind of motown sound still exists in almost all american rock and roll at this point even though this is starting to become what will be bands like Van Halen and The Ramones and Fugazi. It, it, it's like, the, the thing that I find interesting is trying to like free associate other bands that I am familiar with to this. And I, and I was curious as to whether or not you could, and, and I think you've done it with the, the Dead Kennedys reference, but like I was trying to think of some punk bands that this sound carries on to rancid being one that i was thinking
2: i agree with that i think that to the extent that there's a, a more modern equivalent of what we're hearing here i think rancid's the closest i can think of i can't think of anyone closer than that because there's definite like tim armstrong vibes here and also yeah. just there's i know that rancid did not make heavy use of piano. I'm trying really hard to remember if they made any use
1: of no, piano. No, but there's something about the guitar uh, tone and yeah. the cadence of the vocals that create this kind of like California yeah. punk sound in the nineties. And, and, and I think Kennedys gets us there, Rancid gets us there. There's, but there's like, I been able to Ivy. They're yeah, a little I'm, more hardcore. I dig right, into that. Are. And I, I was going to say the operation... It's a I little mean, bit of a Screeching Weasel, but not... Like, all these things are a little bit more... I, I was also thinking about the way this feeds into what becomes, like, bands like The Offspring and Bad Religion, which I'm not a big bad religion.
0: There, that's funny. You said The Offspring. I was listening yeah. to this, this record this morning in the shower, and there's some song, I don't even remember which one it was where they're like doing the woes the, like yeah. the, and I was like mm-hmm. and I was like oh fuck that kind of sounds like the offspring <laughs> like and you're doing whoa I like- and I was like oh man cause they the offspring abused the fuck out of the woe <laughs> for sure for every sure. one of their songs has like him going whoa whoa
1: hang
2: on it- I wanna just for a half second
0: yeah. oh.
1: have
2: you listened to the pre-smash offspring at all
1: only yeah. through you,
0: and you, probably not since we were in uh, So, I, I have at some point, I have a, a good friend, uh, Eric, who is, like, a huge fan of pre-Smash Offspring. It's yeah. just, they're like the super shit.
2: It's very different. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I mean, it's not very different, because it's obviously still the Offspring, but it, it is them, like, more skewing towards this kind of stuff, and, and less of the pre-emo phase woes. It's nice. I really am <laughs> a pretty big fan of it. Awesome. Was.
1: yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of those old punk Punkarama <laughs> compilations, out, compilation yeah. albums that you had, and dig yeah. through, dig through more like punk music to try and you, pinpoint this you know, like my, family tree. I,
2: I I might go with Lagwagon actually. Now that you bring Thank up Punkarama.
1: Yeah. I was starting to think about like that whole Pennywise no effects range, but they were a little bit harder than what I was looking for. Lagwagons it? Lagwagons point. it.
2: Yeah, because yeah. they're a little more melodic and a little more like rock based, I think, than either of those two. Pennywise was a little more like chaotic.
1: Yeah. You guys, yeah, are you guys. And, and Go when ahead. I dug into like the Germs, are a little bit more hardcore, right? Like it's there's a lot of It's a lot of California Hardcore that comes out after this, a decade later or 15 years later, which is another, again, it's another earmark of like how talented these guys were because bands like the Stooges, you don't expect them to exist in the late 60s and end by 73. You don't expect the Dolls to exist, you know, in their like perfect form. At the same time as Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane. Like, it's like you would expect something like Aladdin Sane in its like magnitude to birth bands like the dolls. But these guys, it's it's like guns, germs, and steel. It's like Aladdin Sane exists in like the UK, (laughs) while at the same time the dolls start up in New York. And there's almost no cross-pollination really available
0: well at the, at the same at around the same time the MC5 and the Stooges are like coming out of Detroit right
1: It's not that that environment existed completely different than it does now like you didn't get the Detroit sound in New York City often Stooges records have come out and you've been able to purchase them but there's nobody in New York that sound like the Stooges at the same time. There's bands like The Fugs that take that weird kind of subversive folk rock sound right. and start merging it with Motown, but it's really fascinating to see how these things pop up over the globe in kind of a simultaneous way.
0: Okay, two other bands that I thought about that are... I feel like this, there's a connection there with the sound. The Replacements. Nice. And... Probably maybe Tim-era replacements more than anything, but that that struck me. And also, okay, there's I don't know if you guys know this band from, I don't know, I want to say the aughts, they were big, called The Hold Steady. Have you guys ever listened to them?
1: Yeah, I think I have a couple of Hold Steady albums, probably courtesy of you, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah so few- they were like, they were, I wouldn't say they were big, they were an indie band, but they were a harder Springsteen 70s type of band, I don't know if you want to... Something like that. I'm very proud of being like a bar band, and like grew like grew an audience like playing live. Yeah, I just want to throw that. There's like you could draw like a million other like connections and comparisons. Maybe we should talk about some of these specific songs and compare and contrast. Yeah,
1: I was kind of thinking about that. One of the things I was trying to trying to get around to is. You can listen to songs like Private World and Jet Boy, and there's a direct line in the bands like Television. And really, it's, that's the kind of cross-pollination that was really happening. It was yeah. it was happening within the same city. Television, Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder is playing lead guitar in The Dolls. Television exists, right? Like Richard Hell breaks off, and... Johnny Thunder and and the drummer. What's the drummer's name again? Jerry Nolan. All they drop off. They start making the heartbreakers, and right. that yeah, includes Johnny. Richard Hell as well. Like it's you can you can listen to this song and hear television. Yeah.
0: Right? The, it was, so I was gonna say. So Jenny, at some point we're gonna have to do Television's record, Marquee Moon, and I really yeah. think like I like, I, and that, that's something else I was gonna mention like really i think probably my introduction to music out of this like scene is probably the velvet underground and like maybe specifically to this scene like maybe loaded So loaded loaded actually came out a few years
1: before any of it. right like right a yeah velvet underground album squeeze which i almost have no i yeah I,
0: it doesn't count that's a post blue reed velvet underground album. <laughs>
1: But that album is considered the fifth Velvet Underground album. Right. It drops the same month as Raw Power. Both of those guys drop in February of 73. Yeah. This comes out in, what, June? No, July of 73. Yeah,
0: so that's my introduction to the scene, but television and Marky Moon is like where I really fell in love. And I was just like, "Yeah, there's some really amazing, cool music. And for me, that's like, if I had to pick records. Event from this time for any of that scene it's Marquee Moon for me it's a little bit different it's not I don't think it's been as influential as like the Dolls it's a weird little outlier but right. I definitely hear a lot of connections there and all these bands like were playing CBGB's they're playing Max's Kansas yeah. City they were playing like these scuzzy ass venues in New York and underground venues and Blondie was part yeah. of this scene like a little bit later on right like Seventy six.
1: Television, Television's that interesting band that like defines a sound
0: at a time, but doesn't really like nationally break out. I think it's I because think it's hard. Their their music is harder to play than <laughs> some of this other stuff. It's a little bit like it's got the aesthetic of punk, like it, it like like the carefree sort of shit, but it's not easy music but to it, play.
1: It has the technical capacity of king crimson and like prog rock and what would eventually become like math rock right like battles like those bands owe a lot to bands like television that like took the punk aesthetic and said we don't have to wear a uniform like we're not here to like mohawk our hair we're not here to like take a bunch of heroin yeah, we look like we could come and repair the mainframe in <laughs> our know, college, but we know our instruments technically. I and mean, we know how to compose complex music.
0: Blondie was part of the scene. I, I, th- I think a lot of people yeah. don't know that or don't understand that they were like they were Blondie and the Ramones, like they were playing the CBGB all all the time. Like that was just like that was a normal thing. They were like double build. The Dolls in Blondie were double build on uh, yeah. all the time. And yeah. um, Blondie's sound—it's it evolved over time. The first records are a lot more what you think, like old punk sounds. The song "Dreaming" which is basically just their, a punk song, and then it evolves like with some of the electronic stuff. But and then the Talking Heads were another band that was like in yeah. the scene, like again a little bit later '70s. But so sound-wise, I feel like. Okay, here let me put this to you, Ryan. What do you think the band, this of the bands of the '70s playing at CBGBs and like Max's Kansas City and stuff like that? Which one of those bands' sound was the most influential, like going forward? Saying the punk. Scene? I mean,
1: it's it's hard to it's hard to say anybody but the Dolls because again, the Dolls like hit so many points. But you look at bands like Blondie and there's the crossovers between hip-hop and working yeah, that's true. like Good point. techno music, right? right? Like you look at the Talking Heads and David Byrne and, and the rest of the Talking Heads are able to take things that are Motown and traditional world music and turn it on, turn it on its head with a taste of new wave, yeah. right? Like, But in terms of what you hear on the radio now, it's the dolls. Like the Ramones... The Ramones say, uh, the Ramones made everybody start a band because they realized like, oh shit, I can learn like six power chords. (laughs) Like, I can learn six power chords and I can do every Ramones album made. And it's super approachable. The dull sound isn't everything you've heard for the last 30 years.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, man. Because I was thinking the Ramones. I was thinking like, just how fast they played, how pared down it was just just drummer bass guitar singer that's it and how like the lyrical themes of the songs are like pretty simple and straightforward and have like more of a pop like the other the other thing
1: with the ramones is to remember that they're almost the monkeys of the punk scene
0: right like
1: Like the Ramones are very manufactured, right? Like as good as they are, you know. Like, if they wrote the Ramones... songs about,
0: if the Monkees wrote songs about sniffing glue,
1: sure. <laughs> but the point being, like, you
0: the don't Ramones... know that they didn't. <laughs> good, good point. My, I don't know what Mike Nesmith was up to, man. Uh,
1: also, I'd like to point out it's carbona, not glue. Fair. The Ramones became their own template, and the Dolls are a little bit purer than the Ramones. I fucking love the Romans. Don't take me out of context. Right. I absolutely love the Romans and what they did for the music. But they're the monkeys, right? They're the, like, what became a formulaic answer to another thing. And that other thing, in part, was the doll. Yeah. I
2: amend my earlier answer and add I, I want to throw in a vote for GNR as the most direct descendant
1: that maybe I can think of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Really good
1: point. I I think GNR, I can't remember the song, but there, and I'm not a GNR guy, but there is some tie back from GNR to like Johnny Thunder, I think. Um, Okay. I,
2: I was thinking of it more along the lines of bands that were like, that were still, that still went pretty hard, but still to an extent preserved like this very light, like almost like Very light honky tonk theme throughout. You you guys know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's just like just there. It's not heavy, but it's there. I think that would be GNR in my at least in my sphere of knowledge. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So there's a Guns N' Roses song off of Use Your Illusion 2 that ties back to Johnny Thunder called So Fine.
0: Their yeah, look, like, definitely the look yeah. is influenced. The antics, like, the drugs, the girls, and all that. Even yeah. just
2: like Welcome to the Jungle vibes, like I can get that. I can get that same kind of like really hard rock vibe that some of these bring up, or at least yeah. for
0: me. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah, it. No, so I, to- so. I totally see it. Yeah, that's,
1: that's, yeah, that's, I'm glad somebody brought that up because I wouldn't have because I'm not a GNR guy. But but that is an important distinction to make. Like. These guys really set up a lot, right? Like, as much as you can say for Iggy Pop and the Stooges, the dolls really set up a lot of rock roll dominoes that led in a lot of different directions. And again, this is why it's tragic that you've got to dig into the dolls on your own. You've got to listen to somebody you give a shit about, say Johnny Thunder and the Heartbreakers was amazing. And then go, who the fuck is Johnny Thunder? And dig into the dolls. Or, again, back to the after party, watch Scrooged and go, who is that ghost of Christmas past? Oh, it's David Johansson. That's hilarious. Oh, he was the lead singer of the New York Dolls. Or, in my case, so I grew up watching a lot of TV land. Uh And our 54 Where Are You was a thing. And then when we were maybe like 10-ish, Mm-hmm. there was a movie version of car 54 where are you that came out that starred david johansson really and, uh, yeah and john c but uh, so i also have the trailer to that
0: okay we definitely need to watch that that's so, hilarious uh,
1: yeah so yeah like getting back to what alonzo suggested i think we should probably look over our mixes and yeah. talk about I, do we have to talk about Personality Crisis? I'm not sure. I don't think so.
0: I think, I feel like, unless, Jenny, you have something to add, like, it's, okay. like, just straight in your face. Okay, so, ha- go ahead. I
1: have a question about Alonzo's. Yes. List. So, so, Alonzo, you've got a six-track EP. Yes. Personality Crisis. Yes. Hills, subway Train, uh-huh. Lonely Planet Boy, Trash, and Frankenstein. Yep.
0: I, I is that over thirty minutes? Pills. Is that over thirty minutes? Did I break the rules? I don't
1: know. I don't care about that. <laughs> I want to talk about. I want to talk about pills. Pills. Pills is a Bo, Di- is a Bo Diddley song. That
0: right? that is correct. Um, yeah.
1: So you professed, i don't want to say disdain, but a dislike of the blues.
0: Yeah, not yeah. Was
1: a Bo Diddley cover? Song? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's a great question. Let me explain a little bit. Yeah, in general, I'm not a huge fan, and it's more just like repetitive. But I love the lyrics to this song. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And,
0: and I've never heard a blue song, or I don't remember hearing a blue song like that.
2: Listen, can we talk about this whole? Because I, I went off on a whole like spiral today about the rock. Because I was listening to that, and it had occurred to me several times. I was like, "Oh, rock and roll nurse." And, and then today I was like, you yeah. know, this whole trope with the rock and roll thing. Because then immediately I thought like rock and roll clown, like Dr. Roxo. And then I was like. <laughs>
0: Doctor <laughs> why
2: what what distinguishes something like a nurse from a rock and roll nurse like mm. where is that line and why are we why are there
0: never like rock and roll legislative aides like <laughs> Well okay so can I posit a theory yeah. here Okay so I was, I there are him. like there is Dr Feelgood as we know mm. okay There's there is so I think Dr Feelgood like originally came from like JFK I, I believe So they referred to JFK's like personal physician as Dr. Feelgood because he was like prescribing him like huh. basically meth and all sorts of other crazy shit because he had he was hurt in the second world war and he had like chronic pain. And so they would like hop him up on all kinds of shit. And I know that back in the day in the rock and roll like rockabilly rock and roll days, like early rock and roll days, these music labels would get these doctors to like, prescribe their acts like all kinds of shit to keep them going. Yeah. Like they would go on yeah, these like well, 300 day like long day like tours where they play like fucking Poughkeepsie and everywhere. And I, so my theory here is the rock and roll doctor and the rock and roll nurse <laughs> are the basically the drug dealer. Right? The supplier. Uh,
1: or, I, yeah, I, I think he's on the right track with that and I will argue that while it's not rock and roll it's rock and roll in spirit. Dr. Gonzo is personal attorney feel good. So um, you know, if you've done any Hunter S. Thompson digging, nice. so it's personal attorney feel good. So it's yeah. there, it, it's just not written about in music. I don't know, personal attorney, maybe it's a, a difficulty Listen, in rhyming, I, I'm not 100%. Rock
2: and roll, rock and roll lawyer is a thing. I can you know, one can always, one can always aspire As your attorney, I advise you. Well, uh, but but
0: here's the thing, Jenny. Do do you, does one aspire to be a rock and roll attorney? Because in my eyes, like rock and roll attorney means like they could basically make like up, down, like black is white and and all that shit. Like they're basically just, they can hypnotize like a judge and jury. That's at least my interpretation of that. Yeah. Is that, is that fair? That seems safe. That seems safe. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Sure. Or um, maybe it's the attorney who keeps everyone out of trouble when they've gotten a little too rock and roll. I
0: don't know. No, no, look, yeah, yeah no, sure, sure. I mean, but-
1: <laughs> if you want, I can set your ringtone right now to she's the one they call lawyer feel good.
0: Yeah, I just... Is that a uh, thing?
2: Is that a real thing? Because I can change it from a single female lawyer. Uh, you know, it
1: may not be yet, but the exactly. world is your moisture. Right. Yeah, look, I... I, mean, I
2: So much professional trouble for the things
0: I say on this podcast. dude, you've got me as an Um, editor, man. I'm not going to snitch. Don't worry. I'm not snitching. It's only the live chat. You know, uh, we know snitches get, snitches get you know what.
2: Yes, I recall.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Look, so that's my interpretation. I just think the reason I chose it is I I think it rocks, and I like the lyrics, and... Yeah, they turned it, and, and you know what? If I put on a Bo Diddley record, I would probably pay attention to that song, because like to be
1: fair, back in the after party, there is Bo Diddley, Bo Diddley's version of this song.
0: I mean, it's it's like how like people talk about like country music. It's like oh, it's about your your truck broke down or your dog got like god dog got run over right. or some chick left Just you or whatever. And I feel like the blues, like it's like basically the same idea. If there's for every 15 songs, there's like probably 12 or 13 that are just like just playing the hits, you know. You know, I I I think there's a
1: component of shared human suffering in the blues that you cannot get away from. And uh, some of the blues artists that I like the most at best distract me from that shared (laughs) I, I I really like the blues, but part of that is probably my attachment to experience with like family and
0: your dad really likes
1: yeah dad's a big blues guy Aubrey really likes the blues like like it's there's really good stuff out there the problem is much like the Ramones it's easy to bang out some simple blues and that doesn't always make you an artist right yeah if you dig deep enough in the genre
0: you can certainly find oh look I'm right to be lectured on I'm right to be lectured there this is I uh, you know that's what this was all about this is a, <laughs> the flogging this, is a, this is a call out yeah can we t- let's talk about trash because that's yeah. on all of our lists and to me it's that not is not the fun. proto that is the proto yeah. pop punk song of all time I will never
1: hear trash without going trash like like <laughs> And I'm pretty sure that's Johnny Thunder that's throwing that in. I love this song. It's what I started my mix with mm-hmm. because it could go either way. Like this album could start with Trash or Personality Crisis, either one, and it would be like, boom, Welcome to the Dolls, right, the whole right. way through it. Like, like Trash is just such a cool song. Yeah,
0: and yeah. I don't. I don't it, yeah, I'm not. Right. I guess it's like fun. It's like funny. I don't even know what more to say. To me, it's it's the. Probably, what, the earliest song that you could even remotely call, like, pop punk or punk? It's just, it's simple, it's catchy, it's fast.
1: The transition from, like, chorus to verse to chorus is the beginning of where I start to hear television. There is a component of this song that is in Marquee Moon, and it is that transition in Marky e. Moon," I believe it's transition from like chorus to bridge, and in this, it's transition from like verse to chorus. Uh, it's like a da 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 da, like, let's
0: make let's definitely make let's definitely watch in the after party. Let's okay. watch let's watch some television videos or whatever. So, I don't think there are I've, any videos of them playing from back in the day. I, I looked on actually, YouTube. actually there are. Okay, uh, and one
1: of the things that I've linked to is a live performance from '74. I tried. I, I decided to put in a lot of work in this because I feel like sometimes I get caught up in life in general, and then I come into this podcast in like a thirty-minute window. I really tried to spend some time today, and one of the things I tried to follow was your preference for things happening in a video as yes. opposed to staring at an album cover. Yes. So we have some interesting we have some interesting live choices, and there's a television. Uh, live performance from 74, which is before they released Marky e. Moon by three years. Hey, hey, by
0: the way, hold on. Let me. Yeah.
1: Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, there. Very... See? Whoa. I did Maybe not forget first that. ones to do that. I don't think anybody had done... A, I don't
0: know. I feel like that's a... I feel like that must be like a Motown thing or soul thing. Like, just like doing like the... There's a harmony, right? There's a backing harmony or something like that.
2: Maybe. It would be a really fun rabbit hole for us to go down if we feel so inclined is to find the first earliest known example of a... Whoa.
0: I first? A, I think that's, how, that's a doo-wop kind does, of thing. There's got to be some. The I totally... You're totally right. It's right. absolutely yeah. a doo-wop thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a doo-wop thing. whoa, whoa. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Co-opted by punk music for sure <laughs> i wonder Thank what that google go search looks like first woe in music
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and fun.
2: like and at the end of the at the end of this season we can all submit our earliest do- found examples
0: earliest woe. Yeah, yeah. oh actually we do have to talk about our our cancel list at some point here huh. but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> get around I- to that yeah, we'll have to get that teaser for future
1: episodes. Yeah. Oh,
2: I, it, and it is it is, it is honestly fucking with me because every time that I go to think about what I'm going to pick now, I feel like I have to pick whoever might possibly be most likely to be
0: canceled <laughs> to get the fucking episode done before it happens. Yeah, we got to do it quickly. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to yeah, do it quickly. Right. Just spoiler on the cancel list for me. I picked people not that I th- actually thought would get canceled, but people that it wouldn't bother me if they did get canceled. So I can just root for, like, <laughs> I can yeah, just root can with a full it. heart, you know? It's
2: actually yeah. the the schadenfreude
1: canceled list, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love I, it, I, I love it. it. Is, is Morrissey on that list or is he on the canceled list? I'm not real clear on where Morrissey exists now. I think he might be on the canceled list, but it feels unofficial.
0: <laughs> well, let's make let's make time right at the top of the after party for the canceled list because I have my, mine is like, I have 10 on the canceled okay. list. So you guys need to fill, start, you guys need to yeah, fill that. I haven't that even out. started to fill out that bracket yet. <laughs> um,
1: so, so I want to talk about Subway
0: Train. Ooh, that's a great song. Yeah, but
1: it just make my mix. But it made both of your mixes, so I thought that would be a great thing to discuss.
0: Yes. So subway train, just Dis- discuss amongst yourselves. Okay. So why did I pick this song? I like the tune. I also, it feels like I get, So I've I've actually ridden the subway a whole lot, both in Philly and New York. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like when you're underground, like for, let's say, okay, let's say you're taking, let's say you're in New York. You're taking, I don't know, you get to New York, you're driving to New York, you're in Manhattan or something, and you need to go out to Brooklyn, or you need to go out to Queens, whatever. You take the seven, or you take the one, whatever. And you're underground for a a while. In Queens, you're, then it becomes an L, but... You're underground for a while and there's like kind of a melancholy (laughs) that happens. I don't know, at least for me, like, you just feel like you're like a rat in a maze underground. And I feel like, I just, I don't know, I just like instantly connected with the feeling. This kind of created that feeling for me of, yeah, they know what it is to ride in the subway, (laughs) like for a long ass time. And it kind of like chugs along a little bit like a, like a train. So, just on a personal, like, connects-with-me, urban sort of deal. There, there's something about the
1: on-a-subway train that that sticks with me from something else, and I haven't figured out the song that comes from. Like, like this is, again, I've been listening to, I, I think I started on Richard Hell 10 months ago, and I started listening to a lot more Richard Hell and the Voidoids, And then that led back to Giant Thunders, which then led back to The Dolls. There are these pieces of doll songs that are pieces of songs that I've loved over the last like 20 or 30 years that come to me in flashes of realization. It's like when you guys had post, I I was looking at Alonzo's list and I saw Frankenstein. So I started listening to Frankenstein because it had almost made my list. And I was Mm -hmm. trying to figure out why it didn't and why it should have Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I had this like vocal realization around Gibby Haynes and it just there's so much cool shit that these guys came up with in 1973 that maybe wasn't cool for 20 more years but has existed in the you know zeitgeist of rock and roll you know, it's it just been such a perfect and seamless way.
2: I um, chose this one as my musical free bird because it starts out, like, so, like, it's a very, like, meandering, forlorn, like, little wistful part. And then, like, throughout all of this, it builds to, mm-hmm. like this where all of a sudden at the end of it like they're fucking singing someone's in the kitchen with dinah exactly <laughs> yeah. i kind of yeah.
0: love that i love that little uh, yeah. vamp at the end yeah. Man. It's, okay right.
2: <laughs> yeah it builds to something so extra that i was like that's got to be like my musical <laughs> like, this, is, yeah. this is an accomplishment to go from one to the other well yeah. it,
0: you know what it feels like to me i don't know if you get that feeling like when you hop off the train and then now you got to make it above ground and that's always, like, a complicated thing, because it's like, all these fucking people. Then you got to figure out, okay, we're, you know, which fucking exit and then which fucking tunnel. I'm going to be on the north side of the street. I'm going to be on the south side of the street. And that excitement of, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> maybe yeah. it's, maybe this is just my, like, some sort of latent or weird claustrophobia that I have. I, I don't know. Maybe, like, just claustrophobia I've never realized. But I'm always, as soon as I hop off that train, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck yeah. above ground.
1: Whereas my most of my like subway experience is touristy, so like for me it's like like I can tie to that moment of emerging from the subway into a cityscape. For me, it's very much tied to like, all right, I'm finally here, right? Like <laughs> right. it's like yeah. coming out of the metro in DC. It's all right here. Let's go grab a bite to eat and get to this concert or like. Right. It's such a cool feeling, and it's for me, it's it's a visitation thing, but it doesn't have a corollary here. There's no subway in Albuquerque. I (laughs) I don't even ride the fucking bus in Albuquerque. Yeah, It just, I don't ever have the feeling that 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 can be, right? It's like, (laughs) I'm in my own little world, and I emerge into this other thing.
0: It's a feel like the subway... I feel similar to... I feel similar about the subway that I feel to, like, being on a plane. I... I this is what I realized about myself. I don't like liminal states. I don't like in-between states. Do you know? I just... especially if I don't... control. if I'm not controlling. So it's, I'm on a plane. Or I'm on a train. Like, I'm not driving the damn thing. I'm not, like, stopping or calling an audible and going this way or whatever. So it's not driving. And I just... I, I either want to be here or I want to be there.
1: I don't want to be in different.
0: I don't want to be in in between. It's I moved to this house in 2013 and like when we finished moving, I was just like, I'm never moving again I've like, moved so many goddamn <laughs> times in my life. so many fucking times I'm gonna die in this house. I don't care. I'm not going anywhere and yeah and part of that is just like it's like the, the, the chaos of moving where your shit's just like in complete flux for like a while. I can't, I just hate it, man. I I, I just want to end it so quickly.
1: I I kind of embrace this, like, so I thought about it again when I traveled in January. I enjoy that, like, in-between time, because hmm. I, I have a schedule. I have no expectation of being available for a crisis, which is, like, 24-7 my life when I'm yeah. not traveling. Like... Like, if something breaks on campus, even if I'm not on call, I'm on call. There's constantly crisis mode that could creep up at any point. Yeah. For that, like, transition time frame where I'm flying. So, for me, that becomes, like, introspective almost. So, like, one of the trips I made back home, I was listening to a lot of... What's the guy that was the vocalist for the Screaming Trees and all those... Oh, Mark Len... Mark... Lanigan? Mark Lanigan.
0: Lanigan. So, yeah.
1: Lanigan. Yeah. So, like, I was listening to a lot of Mark Lanigan. I was listening to a lot of black metal. This black metal band called None, which is very like ambient, atmospheric black metal. That's like basically. my favorite.
0: That's my favorite black metal for sure.
1: Yeah, it, th- dude. If you haven't listened to None, I you're like mm, so good. Yeah. But there's this window of time where I have to be in certain places. I'm there hours ahead of when I need to be there. But I also have no obligation to do another thing. So I can just pop earbuds in my ear and set some, like, atmospheric music and just exist in this, like, intermediate space I have no control over. And it's the beautiful thing. (laughs) It's like the waking equivalent of sleep. It's very interesting.
0: See, that's so interesting because if I could cut out sleep... I know I've said this to you yeah. before. If I yeah, could figure out a way it. to cut out sleep and not die, not not compromise my health or whatever, like I would. I I, I, I just I, I can't. I've of, got a lust for life, dude. I've got a lust I, for life, man.
1: I can respect that, but I love these spaces where I'm like not in control and forced to do a thing, and I can just be like, oh, fuck it, it's not my problem. <laughs> like, See? Like, I think th- this, is
0: this is why we're fri- This is why we're friends, dude. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we're friends. Like yeah. I drive the car. Yeah. And you can ride along and, and just mellow the fuck out. But oh, I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to get from A to B.
1: <laughs> to be fair, we have one of my favorite... It's so funny, I have a couple favorite road trips, and it's actually both of you guys. One was a trip to Philly with Alonzo, where we listened to nothing but the White Album for a total of ten hours on the road. <laughs> that was That's um, insane. <laughs> it was intense, but I feel like it... Like, was enough to push me over a threshold and the other (laughs) a trip to new york to see tame impala was like it was a lot of tame impala and um deer hunter and yeah it was just like transitory spaces i feel like that was webster hall I think that might have been. That was when we stayed like in the Lower East Side. I can't even remember the hotel we were in. And we went to Momofuku, and we went to yeah, see oh, and we yeah. Webster Hall. Yeah. I think that's right. That was awesome. That was, that was such a that trip was amazing. I the tri- the time at Momofuku when we were just like chilling out and sitting eating yeah, country sure. ham and buns and cocktails and. Like good, again, that was a good
2: trip. Fuck, it was really was. That's a good trip. It was... I, I, no, keep going because I, I was going to turn the subject slightly. By all means, no, keep going. I,
1: The only thing it was just to try tie it back together. Like I, I'm a bit of a control freak when I have to be like aware of and in charge of and completing a thing. And for me, those moments where it's taken out of my hands, like infinitely. And I'm forced to just exist in a space where I can't do anything. Sure. Those are probably the most peaceful in my life. And
2: <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I thought of you because for a hot minute this week I threw on Shore again, mm-hmm. and or no, not yeah, Shore. And then I backtracked and I was making a Fleet Foxes playlist and I got to the one on Crack Up where it was like I should see Memphis and I was mm. like Nudies nudie scene yeah. whenever we finally do that 20, i'm gonna throw on uh i'm gonna throw that song on at the start of my
0: 2021 life. 2021 road trip we're taking your mission on the fucking road there's no doubt in I, my mind some point some time it needs to happen at some time yeah
1: i reserve the right to crawl to cry like uh an adult male child when that song plays because okay There's just something about, that entire Fleet Foxes album is like, a great addition to my adult life.
2: It is, it's an interesting album because it's different, it feels different from the others. But also, like, that opening, like, I was like, god damn, that's intense. Like, that that very first song, I was like, oh shit, like, you almost feel like Robins just, fuck it, I've had it, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild, because you're used to them being like these bouncy white winter hymnal, like we're all going to sing little acapellas. And, or, like, shit kinda if gets, I had an orchard. I think it's real. If,
0: I had, yeah, if I had an orchard. Yeah, if I had an orchard.
1: Or, yeah, yeah the, the bit about the Blue Ridge Mountains, like uh-huh. traveling with his brothers in Blue Ridge Mountains.
0: Yeah. the uh-huh. interesting Fleet Foxes is a tangent. Yeah. So, I, I think
1: it, it ties back to what I wanted to bring up, which was Lonely Planet Boy. This made my cut and Alonzo's cut. What's your thoughts on Lonely Planet
0: Boy, Alonzo? Um, a I'm a sucker. For, I'm a sucker for a, a like in my. So part of it is in my mix. It's you just want <laughs> some. You want some. For, I think a good mix has to have variety and yeah. You want to. You want this is not just a good mix. Any album, any good album, right? Like you want to take someone in one direction so that when you take them in the opposite direction it's like a little bit more dramatic in context right yeah i just i think it's a pretty song i like the vibe it reminds me of the stones it reminds me of like more of a mellow not i was gonna say angie but not really not exactly that
1: i was kind of thinking of that like 1960s San Francisco like Grateful Dead vibe. Like it's I see not that quite. It's it's not quite folk music, but it's also it's the only acoustic song on the album. Right.
0: <laughs> like. It's a nice it's a nice tune. I can totally see the connection there. It's a nice tune, and it's nice it's nice variety. I'm interested to. to I'm surprised. I guess this is the only kind of song of its kind on the whole record. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, I agree. Like it, it doesn't have a corollary anywhere on this album. And
0: like I was thinking about like a I tiny. I feel like I thinking, a lot of
1: other songs repeat.
0: I was thinking about like yes. uh, tiny music, and there's so much great variety in tiny music, and I think that's one of the strong suits of the record. And there are like almost multiple songs of different types. For fuck's sake, there's like a kind of fake bossa nova song on there. And I think that's probably, like, for me, like, to preview my rating, I really love this record, and I think, for me, the thing that probably dings a little bit is that a lot of the songs have a lot of the same or similar spirit, and I just wish there was a little bit more, a little bit more variety to take us in different directions in different places. It's like a pitcher throws four straight fastballs, right? Like... You're probably you might strike some people out like that, but then it becomes a little bit predictable, right?
1: Yeah. I think of Lonely Planet Boy as like the most kinks like song on mm. this album. I hear Ray Davies in this song in a way that like the rest of the album I don't and I miss it. Like when I try and figure out who made the dolls, like what they were listening to. The kinks feel like they fit in there somewhere, and Lonely Planet Boy feels like the only real window into that. Yeah, it's different. It's... It's... Velvet Underground, right? It's acoustic, it's like subversive, so it's Velvet Underground, it's the kinks. It's not what you expect from the rest of the album and not something they deliver anywhere else, Mm -hmm. but something that they're incredibly good at and get no credit for.
0: Yeah, no, this is a great... Something else you're saying, they don't... It's easy to forget. They were a a great live band. They built up a following as a live band. And, like, when you're doing a live show, like, you want to throw the fastball. You want to keep the the energy up. Like, you want to keep going. Like, you want to keep people, like, engaged. And definitely that's the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the unusual this,
1: one. This is the curveball or the knuckleball or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, it's a pitch that, like, it's doing something great that you didn't expect.
0: Right. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Lewis, and, 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 no, no, you're good.
2: I'm going to find you for the after party, Kinks, a Kinks song predating this that I think might change your mind a little bit.
1: That, is, again, like I said, no, 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 i we going
2: 'Cause you're right because when people think the Kings, like most of what they did like earlier than this was like stuff that sounded like Lonely Planet Boy. It was quieter, it was like law yeah. But they have some pretty rock stuff that you I mean, if you dig deep enough you'll find it. So
1: like I'll give Lonely you one. Planet? I'll give you one. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm absolutely excited about it because okay. like Lonely Planet Boy it's in a weird space and it ties back to my butthole servers references like when you listen to a butthole servers album you get a huge variety of music and i reiterated that as i was digging through trying to find the track that reminded me of frankenstein and, and like the way that his vocal david johansson's vocal exists on frankenstein You get some really weird, esoteric, like, noise rock. You get some, like, really bouncy acoustic rock. You get some really crazy shit in the Butthole Surfers. There's not an album that you can pick up that start to finish age specific genre. Like, it it changes a lot. And my experience with The Kinks is similar in that they may have an overarching sound for the album. But the things you, that they try and do with it is very, they're very influenced by a variety of things. So you, would you get shocked. a lot of variety.
2: Um, because remember, the Kinks have been around since what, early 60s? 65,
1: I think, is the first they, album.
2: you It's amazing how much their sound, like over the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s, like it is like really little there's like something of everything in there it is fucking wild and I realized today that I was like making a playlist and I was like my god like they really have outlasted just about anyone I can
1: think of in terms of longevity
2: yeah yeah
1: there's there's the Rolling Stones are are very difficult like they're a force to be reckoned with it's just I I assume that there's like a set of like like paddles for every member that like right before a Rolling Stones concert to shock them all just to make sure their like heart's still beating for the show they're about to do. But yeah, the Kings have a crazy history. I wanted to ask you, Toma, about the last track on your mix, Looking for a Kiss. I wanted to ask that because you're the only one that it made the mix for. But you're not the only one that it was a close call for for sure i almost put that on instead of personality crisis my first time making my playlist so i, I want to hear about your thoughts for looking for this my thoughts yeah a-
2: apart from that i obviously liked it enough to put it on my mix
1: uh... <laughs> so i'm asking i guess i'm asking like like why that made it as opposed to some other tracks because for me it ended up close to a number of other tracks close enough that i cut it as opposed to a personality crisis
2: right and i i think it's a totally fair question and and i regret that i feel like i'm never able to give it to put it into words in a way that it deserves because as we've said many times i just listen differently Ooh. and i'm not i'm not like I don't know what the fuck that. I, I like get the gist that this is a song about looking obviously for love, um,
1: and that. Yeah, cool, I'm not Does like.
2: It, I'm not it like. It about heroin. Yeah, no, it's saying that the rest of you are here doing drugs, but I'm trying to
1: get laid. I think is right. what I'm getting from it. So, but there's a um, line that I'm looking for a fix and a kiss, right? Like. <laughs> I, I think there's a component of the chorus that talks about him looking for boats.
2: Oh, uh, that's weird. Yeah, maybe that could be. There's a part where he's just like, the rest of you people are over here, yeah. like, trying to get high. But... Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's a part where he changes. Maybe he's like, open. maybe the night gets late and he's, fuck it, all right, give me one or the other. Like, whatever is being offered, fine then, I don't know. When I'm listening to these things, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, thinking about a deeper meaning, and I'm not, like, appreciating, I'm not paying a lot of attention to other stuff. And it, And here's how my listening process works. I just, the music, either I vibe with it, and I vibe with it like to a certain extent or not. (laughs) And it's really like that. And I'm sorry, I can't like, you
1: know? No, you're good. You don't need to apologize. Looking for a Kiss and Vietnamese Baby are both, I think, really interesting songs. I think Looking for a Kiss is a really solid, like bluesy track that's not too stones. Like Personality Crisis is a very stone song. Looking for a Kiss is like a damned song. Like yeah. like, yeah. This song, this. I see, I see some of the damage.
0: My, sure. I, I think my main issue, the reason I didn't make mine is just, like, the lyrics are really interesting, but this the sound of it is like the most, in my opinion, like, generic of like all these songs. I think it's Dude, like just kind of oh yeah, man, not like
1: the most generic, not at all. Yeah. There's some, there's some, there's more stooges in Looking for a Kiss than a lot of other songs in the album, like, in my opinion. Hmm. It's an interesting track. The vibe, That were still really interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, the, the riff just didn't really do much for me. I, yeah, yeah, there was no, no, at the end of the day, there was no, like, yeah. it's a fine, it's a fine song. By the way, I think the lyric is, I didn't cool. come here looking for no fix.
2: Yeah. Double oh the double negative.
0: (laughs) So I mean, he's looking for. No, he's he's just saying he's not looking for a fix. He's just looking for a kiss. Um, Uh, So,
1: so for me, the track that made my cut that didn't make either of yours was "Private World," and that made my cut because it's a television song. It's what becomes television. It's what becomes proto-punk. It's an interesting like progression through the song. And, and I, that's the other thing I was really, I was hoping for exactly what we got. Like there's agreement on 70% of what we have. And there's like the variation on the other 30%. And that variation it, are still tracks that like when I listened to it, I was like, yeah, it's really fucking good. Maybe I should put that on my mix. Oh no, it's an 11-track album and I have to cut it down to five-ish.
0: Like, Yeah, <laughs> this is a good song. This is a really good song. I It didn't make it just because I already had six songs, basically. But yeah, no, I really like this. I like this one and I like Jet Boy, but yeah. they were both, like, they basically, yeah. Could I have I put mean, them in over, maybe, like, pills? I think, probably. Maybe. maybe. But-
1: but that's the beauty of this show, right? Like, I'm not trying to have three EPs that agree and figure out. Yes, we're all right. So wouldn't it be wouldn't
0: hili- would it be hilarious fun? though if that actually did happen at some point? I mean, maybe we should I don't write it down. Maybe we should like maybe we should write them down like ahead of time, like on a napkin or something, and then reveal like <laughs> at the same <laughs> time. <laughs>
2: Sometimes I have like little guesses about which one of you will like certain songs on albums, mm-hmm. and and I, it's just a little fun game I play by myself.
1: And <laughs> be like, oh yeah, I was right. Oh
0: uh, yeah, yeah. No, I do the same thing. Yeah, for sure.
1: And that's why I was glad that I was able to put in the
0: time ahead of a busy week
1: to listen to this album, and then it was really easy for me to break out an EP because. When you guys entered your mixes, I was like, oh, awesome. I get to listen back to the thing that made their cut that didn't make my cut and try and pick out the piece that interests me still. The piece that made me think, this should have been on my cut, but it wasn't for whatever reason. So, yeah. I i, I think this was a really fun listen. Yep. Um, it was, it, this is a great venue for doing that for this album because it has so much... Fame um, and so little airplay, so it was really cool to sit back and listen to this guys.
0: So let, let's do ratings and let's, and let's get out of here. I can start with the rating. I thought about this a while, and for me, it's it's tough, right? It's like on one hand, I think this is like a massively influential album. So how the hell do you not give like a massively influential album where they're not doing something? derivative like they're doing something kind of new and influential how do you not give it five stars at the same time right really i had a lot of fun listening to this record there are songs on here that i really like like one of the things i was thinking about is if i was ever in a bar band and i had to like and, and i had we had to make sure to play a song that was gonna knock people the fuck out we gotta play Personality Crisis like we gotta yeah, just fucking for
1: sure that, that song comes in so strong
0: yeah Yeah. so I, I think the thing that the, the things that ding for me are like I said the the lack of variety I think also I think that there's something about a band that really could only keep it together keep it together for like such a short period of time that like always makes me sad you just want to be like and and it sounds like todd Rundgren played a big role in trying to basically corral them enough to put together a competent record yeah and so duck for one second i'm really sorry oh no no yeah yeah that's fine so i think i don't know for me at least it's just I'm I'm going four stars. I'm going four stars. It's a really fun record and I dug it a lot. I don't think I can give it five stars. It's just not doesn't have enough variety in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I am I, actually I think exactly in the same space. Because on the one hand, like this isn't the style of thing that I would pick for myself just because what I, I don't wanna say generic in like a bad way, but it's just it's very like very your standard basic like rock and roll and i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and th- and this is an example of it being done really well but i just tend to prefer things that are a little more musically diverse and interesting and go off on weird like musical tangents and so mm-hmm. i can't i don't think in good conscience i could really fairly give it a five but it's nothing against the album it's just like my prep exactly. and at the same time i think that you guys are dead right about the fact that it sounds maybe a little less remarkable now but for the time that it was done like surely like this is super influential and huge and remarkable for yeah. its time don't, and i don't think it's fair to hold that against it you know that i'm now listening to it what 50 years later don't call me Shirley.
0: Yeah. go ahead right.
2: <laughs> it's been a minute since somebody trotted that one out I mean, <laughs> nice nicely done with the sneak all right so I think I would give it like and, and I love Frankenstein. I love that song. It is fucking amazing. It it, it really is. So there's like definite value here. Mm-hmm. It just it just isn't a five star album for me. So I think I'd have to give it like overall a three seven five. I think that's probably if I'm forcing myself to be super honest, like whole album, start to finish, I think that's where I end up. Three seven
0: five, okay. Okay. But,
2: but Frankenstein is amazing. That's a song that I will keep and put on playlists, like, for sure. I'm gonna yeah. keep that one around. I really love it. More than I can probably explain.
0: So, Ryan, to some... It's a very Alice Cooper-like song. Yes. Uh, Didn't he do Feed so My was Frankenstein? It. Isn't that one of his songs?
1: Well. I, I wasn't trying to make that connection. Yeah, it's hard to avoid. Like, he did have seen my Frankenstein. It's nothing like that. Yeah, no, it's it is not. Did, it, it is dark and it is very pre Cooper Yeah.
0: So, to, just by the way, to summarize, I, I yeah, said four stars. Jenny said yeah. 3.75 stars.
1: Yeah, I'm at like a four-star rating. Like, it's really reliably good. It's reliably interesting. It had an an insane effect on popular music for the next 40 years like it's wild it is a wild thing to exist from 1973 and yeah i i don't think there was any way of foreseeing what it would do it's crazy to look back and see what has become of their influence Mm -hmm. and at the time it was super unique it's
0: it's like a four-star album for me. Yeah, right on. Okay, stick around for the uh, stick around for the after party.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you uh, want to talk about?
1: So who's next on let, the?
0: Let me. It's Jenny's turn. Let me actually first plug tonight at 9:30 Mountain Time, twitch.tv TV slash Film Fumblers. They're reviewing "Do the Right Thing," the Spike Lee movie from 1990, for as part of their series of black for Black History Month. It's also the 50th. <laughs> Their fiftieth pod, and so I'm actually (laughs) going to help them do a game show ahead of time, like the game show, similar to the game show we did, a little higher production value. Uh, So that should be cool. Check that out, nine thirty. And then also, if you want to listen to the show as a podcast, subscribe. Just go to yourmissionpod.com. It's every or just look for your mission pod or your mission. Like just it's everywhere. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes, it's on everywhere, so go look for us, go subscribe. I'm committing to editing these episodes night of, so that they should be ready like a day after we record, which may mean that we may get some cancelled artists in before they get cancelled.
1: That's okay. (laughs) I I, I feel better about that. Our He He, He Who Shall Not Be Named episode. Yeah. Still feel like there were some like valid points that concern the music. It troubles me that we had to make a decision, but you know whatever. Like we got the oh, content in the pocket for the Patreon. Exactly
0: Patreon. <laughs> we get a Patreon going. We'll post that one, and then uh, it's also going to be heavily edited so that <laughs> so that yeah. I'll, I'll cut out that whole part where I say you shouldn't hate on him. Um, yeah, it,
1: it'll be important to cut out all the pieces. That'll you be taste
0: That'll be the bonus secret Patreon. That'll be more expensive. Yeah. You get to hear my real it, feelings.
1: <laughs> the mega mix, the time where we put our feet in our right um, <laughs> Yeah. I, know I
2: feel like I could go on for a long time about like cancellation and various artists. That could be a whole episode in and of its own.
0: Well, as much as I have to say about that. While we break, I, I gotta my kids are like actually cooking. I gotta taste some of their cooking. Fun. While we're doing that Ryan, if you can put together the a YouTube playlist and share it with me with all the stuff in the thing, that'd be super freaking awesome. And yeah, it's super simple. And then Jenny, if you want to fill out your cancel list, so maybe like first thing we could just go over the cancel list in the after. Part, yeah. That'd be super There's fun. no, ch- yeah, no yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, we can and at least go over the rules. Who
2: needs to be on it, but yeah.
0: We can at least go over the rules. Right. Um, sure. Jenny, what yeah. are we doing next week? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Ron.
1: No, I was going to say, I almost wish we would dedicate an episode to the... Uh, to the, the cancel list? list.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. No, wait. Can we do an episode that's like just canceled artists? Wow. Probably.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's cool. So- that's a mission. Certainly.
2: Or, yeah. or people who ought to be, even people- if they're not, not <laughs> quite yet.
0: Oh dude, are we going to be it. are we going to be one of those people?
1: Those are, those are two different episodes and if one of those
0: on a crystal ball. I think I, I'm totally on board with a canceled Artist episode. Your it could be like your greatest could be like your greatest hits of canceled artists. Canceled artists make, like greatest yeah. hits mix.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> you know, Marilyn, 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 Marilyn <laughs> yeah, Manson
0: exactly. going on there I'm for sure. So
2: I'm so mad about that because I really did want to do Portrait of American Family. And now, look. And also, have you guys watched American Gods, by the way? Because he got canceled from his role in that. And and we had just... Like, Chris and I both went... He was in American Gods? And then I was like, when that band was on, I thought that was him, but he was in full makeup. And the next... The very next episode, that next Sunday, they had him in without makeup. And I was like, my God... Oh boy's looking rough these days. No wonder he wears the full face makeup which I know is mean, but it's true. And then that was it. Gone. Yeah. And I don't
1: miss him. He's not a good actor, honestly. Yeah. No, he's not and he's he's not as interesting as he made himself seem for a period of time. Not. No. No. I yeah, feel, I feel like Portrait still delivers on a on Great. an enjoyable musical experience, so I'm still Absolutely. open to doing that album. Well, listen, um, so Brian
2: Warner as a person is totally uninteresting and not worth spending yeah. time on. Marilyn <laughs> exactly. Manson the character was was like curious but also whatever. But that one album, and also, like, his music would... after that point went way downhill. I don't even like Jesus Christ Superstar or anything after that, um, uh, uh, whatever uh, it was.
0: Antichrist Superstar? That yeah. So, so yeah. To yeah. me, yeah, like, yeah, like that was, yeah. that's my peak, see, that's my peak, Manson, for me. I
1: just liked... Yeah, I, just I liked think for- there were three interesting... I think there were three interesting Mansons.
0: I think yeah. like Portrait is interesting. Antichrist Superstar is interesting, and Mechanical Angels. I think is I, I yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page on that. Yeah, I think they're all interesting. Yeah. And for me, Peak Manson was Antichrist Superstar. But look, yeah. so hey, Jenny, it's yeah. up to you. Sh- should the yeah. next episode be a cancel episode, or do you have another idea where well, we can just save the cancel episode for later?
2: Yeah, we, we can save it for later because it's going to take more preparation, I think, than, than springing it on you right now, just spur the moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm of two minds about this, and you guys can choose because obviously either one is fine with me. I have been wanting to do a kinks for a long time, and it seems like now would be a natural fit for that since we've been talking about um, the influence and where it fits in. Yes. By the same token... I was just telling Lewis, and maybe you were here for part of that too, that I just don't... Right now, because of the weather, largely, and because it's just been a fucking long winter at this point, I'm really in the mood to do something very, like, in line with that that's a completely different mood shift. So I'll let you two... You guys can vote. I'm fine with either.
1: Okay. What... Wait, so what does the second one entail?
2: It would have to be something, like, much and I have several ideas like it would be something much more quieter and like introspective and fitting of being stowed on for three weeks straight at the end of three months of the shittiest winter imaginable just Mm. something like either I really wanted to do Crumb the Jinx album but it's a 2019 album and I think we'd have very little to talk about even though it's exactly what this whole situation calls for
0: here's the thing it's your pick and yeah. I'm going to listen to whatever the hell it is you want to you want to do. I know,
2: no, but I would be happy with any of these things. So, the other option is uh, Deer Hunter's Micro Castle or Blacksmith Super Rainbows Dandelion Gum. All wow. three of those fit my criteria right now.
0: Ooh, okay. All right, I, look, I'm down for any of those. So, um, yeah, yeah, I feel. You're gonna like, have to make. Um, you're gonna have to make a call, Jenny. I think. Just, just, just right. call it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Alonzo. I think you just gotta call it because... I'm don't. I'm
0: done. I'm sure done don't, I'm not shook, man. Whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. The struggle. The struggle. Is
2: real. <laughs> because I can go so many different directions and, like, they're all fun for me. They're all fun and mostly fun for you guys, too, probably. Which, which
1: makes them all, like, great choices. Sure. Go ahead, Jenny. All
2: right, yeah, does just
1: make it easier?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, actually, it does. Um... <laughs> We're just gonna do uh, Crumb then, 2019's Jinx. Cool. Okay, I can we, go with that. We can, we can get to the <laughs> others in time. Uh, the others will be there. I don't. I hope none of those folks will get canceled in the fucking meantime.
0: All right. Hooray. Hooray. Do You know what? Yeah. I think this is what, what this way calls way for. Or can... All right. Okay. So let's call it there.